This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Hello, investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Monday, April 27th, 2020 edition of Invest Talk. And the financial disruptions caused by the COVID-19 pandemic, then pandemic, excuse me, have certainly uh, been upsetting for, for every investor, everybody, right? We're, we're all hurting here in some way. And, you know, we've never been through a situation like this before. It's the last real pandemic. I know they talk about 1918, but there was one in the, I believe the early 50s. Uh, but even most of us weren't, weren't around then either. And the last crisis we had was very different in nature. It was more to do with a mortgage meltdown. Uh, but there are some ways that this rhymes, at least on the financial side. You know, the areas of distress in a lot of ways are similar. And in some ways, they're different as well. Now, the big question is, when will states open? About half of, uh, have rolled out some sort of opening plan. But the timing of it and the magnitude of the reopening is definitely still in question. And another question is, how will the markets react to it? Often these are events where it's uh, more of a buy the rumor, sell the news type of event, right? where there's optimism or hope, kind of the phase that we're in. We're in the hope phase. Hopefully it calms down. Hopefully we can get back to some symbol of normalcy. Hopefully the sell-off in February and March was more of a one-time event as opposed to something that sticks with us. But as the saying goes, hope is not a strategy. And so our goal here on Invest Talk is to help you with your strategy. And I know you have finance and investing questions, and I'm going to do my best today, just like every weekday, as Steve and I host the show, to provide unbiased answers for you. Now, as an investor, you want strategies that will help you deal with the volatility because there's likely going to be a lot more volatility in the near future. And if you can hone in on a strategy that helps you grow your assets, grow your savings over time, because once again, even though we call this invest talk, achieving your own version of financial freedom is always going to start with saving. But investing can certainly help, and you need to do it right. You need to avoid the pitfalls that so many new investors make. You know, Think of all the investors that are buying the USO ETF right now. They're going to learn the hard way. They did last quarter, or sorry, last month at least. Now, I'm Justin Klein. I hope you will call me in this hour. And through this Invest Talk radio program and podcast, I can help you become a better investor. That's our goal each and every day. And we do that with a, a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. Once again, not Kramer, this isn't CNBC, this isn't MSNBC, this isn't Fox News, this isn't CNN. This is just simply two guys with a lot of experience in this going through multiple cycles 
understanding investor psychology, market psychology, fundamental analysis, technical analysis, economic analysis. We have experience in all of this, right? Because we either execute it for clients or we talk to listeners and potential clients and we see the pitfalls that they fall victim to. And, you know, best talk is going on for over 20 years. So we've seen all of the manias, right? Uh, my grandfather is the one that started Invest Talk, and he, I remember in the 99, uh, hosted seminars down in San Diego. And we had, I think he had almost a thousand people show up to, to one. Uh, and it was right at the peak of the tech bubble. And so that was the start. And I was, you know, I was, I believe I was in college at the time, high school. I was a senior. And it was, you know, I didn't know at the time, but it was very telling to see the herd mentality and all that emotion that was in that room that really defined that era. Just like all of the seminars on real estate in the, you know, the, the mid-2000s, right? So once again, we are here to provide investment strategies and implement a philosophy, our philosophy of independent thinking and shared success and do that with unbiased guidance, like I said. So now is the time to get your calls in now. Anything investing or finance related, any timeline is open at 888 chart 888-992-4278. Now, Steve and I are postponing our travel trips, uh, so we're still trying to figure it out. Uh, a lot will depend on how different states open up, and uh, then we'll, I think we'll uh, more define how we're going to travel throughout the rest of the year. So keep an eye on investtalk.com, which you can always head over to over there and set up a call, a uh, Skype call, uh, uh, a Jive meeting call with us at investtalk.com. Now, my main talking point today concerns the story. COVID-19 is a catalyst for an easy game against passive investing. This is very important to understand the structure of the indexing market, the passive investing game. And this is the first test of this, you know, of a market that is being dominated by indexing. And there's a lot of institutionalizing of passive investing. And that could all reverse, right? The inflows into that area are likely to dry up and could even reverse because of this uh, pandemic. So we're going to touch on that and get to that deeper. Also, we're going to touch on credit card companies. How are they reacting to this? And then earnings season, uh, we're uh, about, what is it, 40% of S&P 500 reports this week and uh, a lot of FANG stocks, which is really holding up the market. That's reporting as well. And then lastly, if we have time, uh, we're going to touch on new rules on China in imports. So those are things that are on my mind today. Market was up today. The pain trade, you know, remains a little bit higher, but we uh, pushed up into even a stronger resistance here. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people have been front-running the short trade, and usually when everyone's trying to short, the pain trade is higher, at least in the near term, until we get 
some sort of catalyst. Now let's take our first caller question. Talk to Jose in Daly City. He's looking at A, B, C, which is Amerisource Bergen Corporation. This is a pharmacy benefits management company. You looking to buy it or are you owning it? Hi, Justin. I own it, and I've owned it for a year. Today is my one-year anniversary, so now that I'm beyond the short-term capital gains uh, period, I'm considering selling it. It's it's had a good run for the last year for me, so I want to know what your thoughts are and whether I should sell it. Well, this is uh, Amerisource Bergen, like I said. This is a company that's been around for a long, long time. It's kind of been going sideways for uh, many years now, right? And I'm trying to see when it kind of, yeah, it's basically just chopped sideways. It had a big downtrend starting in 2015 from a high of about $120, hit a low of 67 and has basically been trading in a range between 60, it's called $70 and $100 for the better part of four years. So certainly on a long-term perspective, very, very neutral trend, very neutral trend. Uh, you know, it's not, overvalued or undervalued in in my book here uh you know this is more of a, a i guess it's a dividend play 1.9 percent uh you know dividend yield it's okay let me take a look at some of the deeper numbers here 18 billion dollar market cap very modest debt net debt of only about a billion dollars on the balance sheet which is very very low uh which is good you know i like strong balance sheets especially in this environment their cash flow from operations, though, has really been trending down since 2016. So that's really been the issue here is that their, their profitability is eroding uh, overall, uh, not dramatically, but, you know, it's trending down. And, you know, the market's gone up. So uh, you, that's why you get, I think, that neutral chart there. Uh, you know, I don't love it. You know, it's a very low-margin business, and the business can – can change dramatically. I think there's going to be big changes in the healthcare space because of the COVID-19 thing. So I think there's much better opportunities. I don't like the long-term trends, and I don't like the, uh, the cloud of changes within the healthcare system that is likely, very likely going to come from this whole crisis. So I definitely would, would uh, move on from it, take a take your little profits, and find something better. Thank you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. And yes, we're aware of intermittent digital noise issues in our broadcast. And we have new audio equipment on its way. Uh, hopefully, it's supposed to get here, I believe, tomorrow. So hopefully we get it installed this week. So we thank you for your loyalty and bear with us a bit longer until we get our systems back up and running properly. And now I'm here ready to provide unbiased answers to your finance investment questions at 888-99-CHART. The COVID-19 pandemic has forced millions of people to stay home, which is getting in the way of everyone's normal exercise routine. Gyms are closed, people are stuck inside, and tightness and stiffness are afflicting us all. This is the perfect time to focus on your personal health and wellness. And I know you have heard me say this before, but recently I discovered this great product to reduce my pain and stiffness caused by sitting too long at my desk doing research and talking to clients. It has 13 all-natural ingredients and is sold in hundreds of doctor's offices, pharmacies, and gyms, and spas throughout the country. This muscle rub made by Quanta, a publicly traded applied science company, 
has patented technology proven to supercharge key ingredients and make them perform five times more effectively within the human body. It is optimized to drastically reduce both pain and inflammation naturally. I know this sounds too good to be true, but they have the white papers to prove it. I use their various health and wellness products every day and find a host of different benefits. Additionally, for a limited time, listeners of our program can receive promotional discount pricing at buyquanta.com. Use the promo code INVEST to save 20% on your first order. In fact, Quanta is so highly confident you'll be pleased with their products. That's why they offer a money-back guarantee if you aren't satisfied with the results. Again, simply use the code INVEST to save 20% at buyquanta.com. B-U-Y-Q-U-A-N-T-A.com. You are listening to Invest Talk. The COVID-19 crisis has caused unprecedented change in the markets. And now more than ever, with an asset portfolio to protect, you need unbiased answers to your finance and investment questions. Justin Klein is here, and he's taking your calls now. 888-99-CHART. Let's go to Dinesh in Kansas, looking at Darden Restaurants. Uh, you own it or are you looking to buy it? Dinesh, you there? Yep. Hi, Justin. How are you? I'm doing well. You're looking at Darden Restaurants, uh, the owner of Olive Garden and you know, a bunch of big names here. And you know, you, you own it or are you looking to buy it? What is it? Um, I'm not planning to buy it right away, uh, but, you know, I was hoping you could help me, um, maybe, you know, help me understand when would be a good range to buy this stock for a long term. Yeah, well, this is, this is definitely tough uh, because we all know that restaurants, for the most part, are closed down. Uh, a lot of states are going to limit the number of people you can have within a restaurant to reopen. Uh, and frankly, anything less than a mandated, you know, 80 or 90% capacity is going to be very hard to make money. Um, restaurants operate in very thin margins. And I just don't see them doing that well. Now, maybe they can pivot and they could move a lot of the restaurants to take out only and right size their, uh, right-size their staff to make it profitable, but I can't imagine that's going to be possible when their leases are, are so large, right? Their leases are designed for fully operational restaurants. So, you know, I, I would just pass on it, you know, wait until there's a lot more clarity till restaurants start opening up more. I think when you start to see restaurants going from open with a little bit of capacity to talking about opening with more capacity, that's maybe when you start looking at a name like this. The good thing about Darden is their balance sheet is pretty good, and I think they uh, just issued some more shares as well. And so I don't think they're in the risk of bankruptcy, but uh, certainly going to be relatively weak. And so uh, that's why I would uh, maybe keep on your watch list, but I don't think your uh, buying opportunity is anytime soon. There needs to be a lot more clarity on the business going forward, uh, and so that's why I would hold off on Darden. Thanks for the call. Thanks for listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and during these times, you might find you have some additional time because you are 
you aren't commuting maybe. And in that case, I encourage you to explore our finance and investing information we have posted over at investtalk.com. Obviously, you can browse all of our Invest Talk podcast episodes for free. And you can check out our April bonus show, the Invest Talk Rapid Fire Hour. This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Justin Klein is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Now, my main talking point today concerns the story that the COVID-19 crisis is a catalyst for an easy game against passive investing. Now, we know that passive investing, you know, indexing, has really eaten active managers for lunch for, call it a decade plus. And over that time, the market share has grown steadily of money in passive investments, meaning index funds, and they've captured a large swath of the inflows over the past decade plus. And a lot of it has to do with the institutionalization of 401ks, right, 401ks, because of what is called the QDIA and, and certain uh, regulatory rules, uh, basically the focus is on limiting fees. That's it, limiting fees. And the best way to do that is to invest in active, or sorry, passive vehicles, so indexes. And so this is a secular phenomenon that might be setting up for a big shift. And active managers are likely going to profit from it. Now, manager performance in the investment game is not only judged against its peers, which you know we, we compete with, but also we directly transact with. Meaning that it's a lot like poker, where if an active manager beats a passive manager, one that the passive manager loses, right? It's all about buying low and selling high. The value proposition of an investment fund is to provide superior returns. And not just, you know, the big question is returns against what? And it's really other investment options, right? You want to be in the best investment option. Now for, now, studies show that individual investors tend to lose to big institutions. And this is kind of like, in poker, card sharks, right? Feasting on retail patsies and because they succumb to a lot of behavioral biases, right? Recency bias, uh, people let their political views creep into their investment decisions, right? They chase performance. There's a lot of biases that hurt the average investor. So the proliferation of passive investing really turned this whole investment world on its head, world of investment management. And for many years, people have been firing their active managers in favor of cheaper passive investments. Well, things might be changing because the landscape is shifting. And the first big reason is because of baby boomers. Baby boomers are 
now retiring, and they're going to need to take distributions from their 401k. And this makes it very easy for active investors to game the system, right? Because passive investing is based on an algorithm, right? A set principle. You invest in this, these set of stocks, right? S&P 500, these 500 stocks at this proportion. Everyone knows what they're going to do. So it's all about flows, capital flows. And like I said, the regulatory framework has incentivized passive investing in these defined contribution plans, so 401ks in general. Even your TSP plan, 403Bs, these are all tend to be passive indexing investments. Now, for, the, for starting in 2017, the average baby boomer is 70 and a half. And this is the first year that they have to take RMDs, 2017. So, and in 2018, you saw the big drop in the fourth quarter, and a lot of that had to do with pulling money out of these passive investment vehicles. Now, these passive investment vehicles are not great proxies for the entire universe of stocks. So, if all those 500 stocks are being pulled down because money's coming out of these passive funds, there's a way to game the system, short those type of funds or those type of stocks, buy ones that are not within the indexes. So you got to remember, past performance is not a guarantee of future results. We always say that, but in this case, it cannot be even, can't, can't be more true because of the demographics. Okay. Now, this crisis, I think, is a precursor for that because think of all the people that are being laid off. And now, initially, the people that were laid off they're not really investing in 401ks. You're talking about bartenders and waitresses. They typically don't have a 401k. But as the crisis goes along and as more people are laid off from your traditional industries who have 401ks, first off, they're going to stop contributing to their 401ks because they don't have a job. And then also you have the CARES Act, which relaxes penalties for early withdrawals from these passive investment vehicles or from the retirement accounts, which means likely passive investment vehicles. So this could create a reflex loop that really could eat away at the indexes. And that's why I say right now, indexing, index funds, passive investments are going to struggle. Now after the break, we're going to talk to Peter from Kansas, but on the next Invest Talk, the story, credit card company American Express has posted a 76% drop in first quarter profits. And other card issuers may also be ready for potential payer default. That story tomorrow. But for now, I'm Justin Klein. I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. Numbers are elusive. I bought this stock last year at about $6.75. They're always changing. I got them at $3.99 and it took a major hit. First up, then down, then up again, or 
maybe sideways. What would be a good entry point? On Invest Talk, the focus is on numbers that affect our listeners and their portfolios. Carl in Ohio, he wants to talk about his 401k. Hi, Justin, a uh, longtime listener of the show. I absolutely love it. Let's go to Dave and Sam Leandro. You've got to be prepared for volatility. I want to know what you think for someone like me. And they know it. I'm 31 years old. So the questions keep coming. Should I dollar cost average that? 24 7. How much of your portfolio should you put into like ETFs and mutual funds? From every part of America. Hey, Steve and Justin. My name's Josh, calling from Buffalo, New York. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein analyze the complex patterns in those numbers and do their very best to decipher the potential meanings. Thanks for everything you guys do. And here's one number that keeps rising. More than 21 million InvestTalk podcast downloads. And for that, Steve and Justin thank their loyal listeners. I find you guys to be pretty much entirely trustworthy. So I'm curious, how do you do that? Independent thinking, shared success. It's all about the numbers. InvestDoc.com You are listening to InvestTalk. The COVID-19 pandemic has turned everything upside down. But are we now seeing some light at the end of the tunnel? You've got finance and investment questions. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein have answers. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Go to Peter in Kansas. He's looking at CCC, which is Clarivate Analytics. You looking to buy it or you own it? Uh, uh, yes, uh, Jesse, thank you for your, taking the call. Uh, CCC and the other one I have is the, I think this one is CCC, is the uh, analytic company. Another uh, one I have is CGSTX. Uh, let me start with uh, the first one, uh, Clarivate Analytics. Yeah, this is a, this is a scientific research company, and they help. Yeah. Uh, to, they basically help with the discovery of science research, innovations, brands, etc. But in the healthcare research space, which I like, their revenue is. It hasn't been growing dramatically. Only 4% growth last quarter, but uh, they're, they're, they're finally getting the profitability. The last couple of years, they've been losing money, but this year, this is to make $0.56 cents a share. They recently went IPO back in uh, 2018 or so. So it's kind of a new name. I like where, where you're looking. Uh, obviously, this is an era, a time, where health spending is on the rise or research spending is on the rise. It's definitely expensive. It's not a cheap name. If you look at you know, enterprise value to EBITDA is 50, which is quite expensive. And EBITDA, let me look at this trend here, because a lot of times these have been names where their profit numbers aren't going to look nearly as rosy as a lot of the other uh, cash flow figures. Uh, it's relatively new in its data, so that worries me a little bit. I don't have a lot of clarity on the business. So... I just don't love, I don't love that, that I don't have a lot of clarity on the business. Uh, the chart is solid, uh, definitely overbought in the near term, uh, but I like that it's in an uptrend, recently made a new high. So I like the trend, 
I don't like the valuation, but I do like the space. So I'm going to give it a eh, seven out of 10. Let's go to Rhonda in Texas. She's asking about muni bonds. Yeah. Uh, thanks for taking um, I, my husband just turned 59 and a half and we moved a large portion of his current 401k uh, over to a TD Ameritrade and it's sitting in a cash position. Um, mm-hmm. And we're looking to make uh, a little something because we're going to be moving it into incrementally into stocks, and mm-hmm. I was just wondering we we were looking at the J Max, the J P Morgan Municipal Money Market Fund versus mm-hmm. the J P Morgan Liquid Asset uh, Money Market Fund, um, and I was just wondering. I, I know because there's such a big difference in what they're what they're paying. Uh, there's got to be a catch to this. <laughs> I just wonder what your thoughts are. So you're just basically trying to decide between two money market funds. Yeah, I mean we're, we we we're not gonna we're gonna move it all into an investment, but mm-hmm. but as it sits there because we don't want to dump it all into the market, we're just mm-hmm. trying to figure out which would be something better than what it's earning in a cash position, which is nothing. <laughs> yeah, you know that's definitely tough uh, in this environment. Uh, you know, especially if you're not looking to take uh, much risk. Now, the good thing in today's world, you have fairly, uh, you know, you have no transaction costs, so you can go an ETF route. Uh, I think the best bet in this day and age uh, is probably SHY, which is the iShares Treasury bond. Now, you're going out a little bit in duration, one to three years, but, you know, that's relatively relatively short. And if you look at, you know, its history, you're, you don't, a ton of volatility, and I think the Fed is going to suppress rates for an extended period of time. So I don't think it's going to move up or down too much, at least in the near term. Um, and that's probably the best way I would go because there's no commissions now. So, uh, you know, that's the way I would allocate it if you're trying to get a little more yield. But let's keep things moving. Here comes another caller question from 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve. Hey, Justin. I've been looking at gold with those The ones I've been looking at is BPG. AGC and AU. I wonder if gold is the way to go as of right now. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I mean, I like the gold miners. Looks like you, sounds like you're looking at a few uh, gold miners. Some of those are also silver focused as well. So I, I, I still love the gold miners. Uh, definitely a little overbought here, but you know the relative strength is just pretty remarkable. Um, you know, GDX is down about 14 cents today, but it was you know from you know still close to 33.79, so down marginally. But it sold off kind of in the morning, pretty hard, and pretty much rallied throughout the day. Closed marginally down. You know, I think you're in a kind of a consolidation phase here on the on the miners uh, overbought, and it's going to take some time to work that off. But like I said for a while now, and, and is that you have incredible backdrop, an incredible backdrop for gold to move higher. You have financial repression to the extreme, right, with 0% interest rates as well as massive central bank money creation. And then you also have geopolitical concerns with China, obviously, right now, and um, even North Korea, even though I've heard from uh, that Kim Jong-un isn't dead. He's just hiding from COVID-19. So uh, that'll be interesting to see how that resolves. But there's just a lot of geopolitical problems associated with Europe. Uh, even Latin America has, has issues. And typically, crises like this are 
catalyst for more problems to to arise, right, that were kind of underneath the surface. And so you're going to have a backdrop there. And, you know, that's just an area that you really need to... uh, you need to be in. I think everybody needs to have some sort of exposure, right, to the precious metal space in some way, shape, or form. Uh, so look for any weakness to be a buyer. All right, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. how you get through and ask your question. We have about uh, 15 minutes left in the show, so if you want to get your call in, you need to do it ASAP. I'm Justin Klein. You're listening to Invest Talk, and you're in good company. And we keep download statistics, and we know that in the month of March, we had over 750,000 downloads, three quarters of a million downloads in the month of March. And we appreciate all of you for listening to Invest Talk. And be, please be sure to tell your friends and family members about Invest Tech and our website, investtalk.com. And our goal here each and every day is to help you achieve your own version of financial freedom. And, of course, you can call our KHP Financial Offices in Irvine, California, and we will maybe help you do that a little more one-on-one. We want to help you. But for now, our phone lines are open at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Steve and Justin have just recorded a new rapid-fire hour. At a faster pace, you can hear answers to 29 caller questions. The podcast download is free. Go to investtalk.com, search April Bonus Show. And now the phone lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your calls. 888-99-CHART. Hey, I'm a new listener, and I really like your show. I appreciate what y'all do. I had a question about Exxon and Mobile. I got in about two weeks ago, and it's had a couple of good days, a couple of bad days, but I just want to know y'all's thoughts on the long-term aspect of it, I guess, and just your thoughts in general. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, I, we like Exxon. We we own it for managed accounts. Uh, just bought a little bit more early last week. And, you know, for, for a while, Chevron was the relative... Uh, winner uh, in the space uh, because they had less exposure to natural gas. Uh, they're all they're, they're both very diversified when it comes to processing plants, and you know they're they're not just drillers, right? They have uh, a very diversified operation. But Exxon was weak relatively because of the decline in natural gas prices. They bought XTO Energy years back and very high price when natural gas prices were much higher, took on a lot of debt to do that, and therefore Exxon struggled. Uh, now what's happening is the fact that dr- these rigs are being shut down because oil prices are so low, a lot of them are a byproduct of natural gas. And that's why you're seeing a lot of the natural gas producers rally. If you look at, look at Range Resources, Sandridge, a lot of the pure play natural gas companies that were on the doorstep of bankruptcy, some of them, or at least priced like that, are really getting a lot of strength because guess what? The supply of natural gas is about to be shut in. And the fact that Exxon has pretty big exposure to that space makes me really like Exxon right now. Now, obviously, once again, there's more pure play natural gas companies, but of the big oil majors, if you want something that's 
going to stay in business and, and be able to pick up a lot of great assets and bankruptcy of a lot of these other companies. Exxon is that type of name. Let's go to Don in Texas looking at XLE. These rates are being shut down because of oil Don, you know? So a lot of them are byproducts of natural gas. Hello, Don. Hello? Uh, yes, Don. You're looking at Exxon. Oh, hi, Don. Radio uh, host, thank you very much. Uh, looking no at uh, XLE and DIS. XLE is a natural gas and DIS is a Disneyland. Because guess what? Um, well, XLE is the energy spiders like your ETF. So you're going to get a wide variety of oil companies and oil exposure uh, in that ETF. Uh, you know, Chevron and Exxon are definitely some of the top Holdings. Let me take a quick look at what the top holdings are. Pulling that up. You can usually view this at Morningstar.com so if anyone wants to tune in. So Chevron is 30, 24%, excuse me, Exxon's 22% of the overall portfolio. So you're, if you're buying XLE, you're basically half of that portfolio is going to be exposed to those two top names. Then you have ConocoPhillips, another great uh, large name, EOG Resources Phillips, which is more of a refiner. So there are a lot of Solid names in this uh, this ETF. Uh, you know, I'd rather own just a Chevron or an Exxon or both, to be honest with you. Uh, but it's not a bad place to be right now. You're going to get a lot of volatility in the short term. There's definitely a lot of oversupply. Uh, but I'd rather own the bigger names than XLE. And then you look at Disney, and I've been saying this for a while. I get a lot of calls on Disney. Look, the world has changed. You have to look at every name in your portfolio or any name on your watch list and look at it through the lens of this new world. I know it feels relatively new. We're less than two months into this COVID-19 crisis. But guess what? It's not going to change. It may get better, and it will get better. But... We're not going to forget about this. We're not going to brush over it. We're going to adjust our lifestyle and adjust our world. And thus, companies are going to have to adjust as well. And some are going to be impacted positively and negatively in certain ways, and some more than others. But almost every company is going to be impacted in some way. And Disney is right in the crosshairs of this. And everyone's going to say Disney Plus. It's less than 1% of the revenue. The majority of the revenue comes from park revenue, ESPN revenue, movie revenue, apparel revenue. All of those areas are going to be negatively affected by this crisis, both in the near term for some and in the long term for other parts of the business. So you absolutely want to, I think, stay away from Disney. I love the company. I think they'll come out of it fine eventually, but it's going to be at least a year, probably more. And that means their revenues are going to be down dramatically. Their earnings are going to be down dramatically for some time. 
So yeah, I think it's way, way lower uh, for the time to buy Disney. Keep on your watch list, but I'm talking sub $50 per share. That's where I would be interested in Disney, and probably not until late 2021. 8899 chart, 8899 So you get through and ask your question on today's show. Let's uh, touch on one of our other talking points today, and that has to do with earnings. Earnings season is upon us, and this is a big week for earnings. And none bigger than where a lot of the market is hiding out or is exposed to, and that is the top five or six tech names. You're talking Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Google, and Facebook. About $5.1 trillion in market cap between them. And all of them are going to be exposed. And I think most of them are going to disappoint. I know Facebook's ad pricing is down 50% over the past couple of months. And Google's is likely down similar amount. Remember, Google and Facebook are simply advertising companies. Yes, they have small exposure to other, part, other parts of the business, but Google's 70% of the revenue is from advertising. Apple, they already said they're going to delay their next handset. Amazon, big ticket items are, are being hurt. Microsoft, they're exposed to the business world. So the fact that everyone is just bidding up these names and ignoring the fallout from this on them, I think is not smart. This is Best Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and we're going into our last break. So give me a call at 888-99-CHART. April is National Literacy Month. It was created to highlight the importance of financial literacy. The objective is to teach Americans how to establish and maintain healthy financial habits. And you are already on the right track by listening to Invest Talk. The phone lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your questions now. 888-99-CHART. Go to John in San Jose looking at Marathon Petroleum. Thanks for taking my call. Of course, of course. You own it. You're looking to buy it. Well, I'm a day trader. I've been going long and short maybe three, four times a day. It can't seem to get out of its way. So it's been a great stock for day trading. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, with the tankers all being full, I don't think this thing, any of them are going to do much till they quit pumping well yeah i mean i i think like i said the ones with natural gas exposure are going to be the best because uh, i think the supply of natural gas is going to be shut in for a while uh you know a lot of these drillers were focused on the liquids right the actual oil and right. natural gas is just a byproduct and so that's what caused the oversupply of natural gas space so uh, yeah, I think the ones that have good natural gas exposure are going to do well. Um, but the oil exposure, those are going to struggle. Are you looking, are you, you thinking of short marathon? 
I go long and short with it, uh, two, three times a day sometimes. But uh, do you think it's going to be like six months before these uh, oils start uh, getting any kind of, you know, uh, distance on them? You mean uh, to the upside? Uh, to the upside, I mean. Uh, I, I think we're, we're in the process of balancing the market. Uh, you saw that with the rig count last, uh, last, right. last week where uh, the, the number uh, to U.S. oil rig count went from 438 on April 24th to April 20, or 27th, I'm sorry, April 17th, right, uh, to 378 April 24th. So uh, a drop of about 15% have shut down as of a week-over-week basis. So that's probably going to only continue. And I think we start to get the balance here relatively soon over the next couple of months. I think your upside comes uh, more towards the middle of the summer. That's when I think oil prices will start to uh, pick up, and thus the names will start to pick up. So I think we have a little while. Let's go to Jason in El Segundo uh, talking about USO. You want to short it? So I'm not sure what to do. I uh, I bought it a while ago. Yeah. It's, this is easy. Sell it. So I own 300 shares, and I see that it's going to split, uh, an 8-to-1 split. So yep. I'm wondering if I should buy 500 more shares now so that I have 100 shares so I can do an option in the future. Or should I just cut my losses? I got in at I think about you cut $5, your losses, and it's trading about two right. now. Just cut your losses. This lesson, uh, you're going to teach a lesson to everybody out there right now. And you know, I, I said this, uh, I think it was last Thursday, about Robinhood investors buying USO not having any clue what they're buying. Okay? You're not investing in oil. You're investing in oil futures contracts. Okay? You're investing in a financial instrument here. And the oversupply, in about two weeks, all of... The supply, all of the supply of storage in the United States is going to be full of oil, which means that all these contracts that expire in June are going to need to be sold, and there's going to be no natural buyer of them because nobody can take delivery. And this is going to push prices down and down and down on the near-term contract. Now, USO has changed their structure a little bit, which will help this. They're going out a little bit farther into August and September. They're not investing only front-month contracts anymore. So that's a positive for USO. But still, a lot of the portfolio is going to be under pressure. And there's also going to be people front-running that. I think this is set up for a complete crash of the, the USO market and this could go to zero very easily so I don't care about a reverse split learn your lesson I hope everyone else did sell it move on if you want to bet on oil buy a big large oil company I'm Justin Klein this is another Invest Talk program I will return Thursday Peasy will be here tomorrow. And remember, you can download our April bonus show podcast and call the Invest Talk Rapid Fire Hour. It is free. And please tell your friends about Invest Talk. Good night.
Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line.